Amen. Jesus, praise God. Amen. Now, tonight we're going to just, again, we'll share from the Word and then we'll pray for people at the end. And uh, let me just encourage you just to set your heart uh, that, you know, you're going, to, you're going to receive something from God tonight. Amen? And uh, it may or may not be anything I preach about. You know, how many of you know that sometimes when, when the man of God or the woman of God or the, is preaching, the Word of God is flowing, that uh, sometimes even a single word can trigger something inside of you that, that connects this to that. And next thing you know, you've got a word from the Lord flowing right in your heart. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's, let's, let's go back to Galatians. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 3. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 3. I told you earlier, I preached uh, hundreds of hours out of this chapter. Amen. Praise the Lord. We won't be that long tonight, I don't guess. Whatever the Lord leads. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But in Galatians, Paul is drawing our, our focus and our attention to Jesus and his redemption. Those are the two central subjects of the whole Bible. If we're going to understand the Bible, if we're going to understand the Word of God, you've got to know, you got to know, we got to know, you know, like any book, you've got to know who the main character is, and you've got to know what the theme is. The main character of the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelations, is Jesus. He's the main character. If we go into Luke chapter 24, Jesus is, meets the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they're concerned because, you know, the rumors are that Jesus has risen from the dead. Jesus drew near. The Bible said that Jesus opened his mouth and he preached to them from Moses and the prophets. The Moses meaning Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He preached them from Moses and all the prophets the things concerning himself. Amen. So all the, all the book of Genesis is about Jesus. Exodus is about Jesus. Numbers is about Jesus. Leviticus is about Jesus. Deuteronomy is about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. All those prophets are about Jesus. Hallelujah. It's all about Jesus. And Jesus is the main character. He's the main character of the whole Bible. Let me believe that. And so what is the theme of the Bible? From, from Genesis, you know, after Adam's sin, from that point forward, the whole theme of the Bible is redemption through the shedding of blood. That is the central theme. Amen. So everything we believe, everything we believe has got to line up with those two, th those two points. It's got to line up with Jesus and his redemption. Everything. Anything that doesn't line up with those two, then I'm, 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 I'm misunderstanding what I think maybe the Bible could be saying. Amen? And so, I, so, so the, the main ingredient, the main point about faith, the main point about faith is not how big is your faith. I, I just want, I want to say something to you about that. Uh, how big is your faith is, 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 a, is a distraction. How big is your faith is a distraction. It's not how big is your faith, it's what do you believe. That's, that's, the, that's the main deal. What do you believe? When Jesus talked about the, having faith as a grain of mustard seed, the mustard seed was the absolute smallest seed there was. And Jesus said, if you have a faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can move a mountain. 
See, Jesus reversed the whole deal. We think it takes big faith to produce big miracles. Jesus taught the opposite. Jesus said, with little faith, you can do big miracles. So people have thought that it takes big faith to get a big miracle, and they've disqualified themselves. They've, they've, put, them, they've put miracles outside of their reach. Because you look at yourself, or I may look at myself and say, well, I don't have great faith, and that takes great faith, so it's, I, I can't get that. Well, that's, that's not even what the Bible teaches. Amen? Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you would move a mountain. So it takes little faith to do a big miracle. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> so I'm saying amen to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So, so it's, uh, it's not how big is your faith. Matter of fact, I encourage you. I encourage you. I've done it, and I, I keep myself policed about it. I encourage you to erase that from your vocabulary. Never talk of that again. Don't ever talk about that again. How big is your faith? Erase that. I don't, I have, you know, it's not, it's not little faith, big faith. It's just faith. That's it. Just faith. Just believe. Amen. Just believe. Hallelujah. And so, so in, in redemption, we just believe. What do we believe? We believe in Jesus and his redemption. We passionately believe that. And believing that produces power in our life. Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God in his salvation. It is the power of God. It's what I'm believing. I believe the gospel. The moment you've got the pieces of the gospel put together, it's like a puzzle. The moment you put all the pieces together, it's like, uh, it's like radioactive material. It, it reaches critical mass. The moment it, 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 it gets all together. Sometimes we've got a few pieces missing. But, some, but when you put all the pieces together, I'm telling you, immediately it becomes, it becomes explosive. Hallelujah. Amen. And miracles can and will happen in your life. Praise God. But in Galatians chapter 3, Galatians chapter 3 verse 1, really what all that what I just said is really what he's talking about. He said, "Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you?" The word bewitched literally means who has who has uh, who has diverted your attention. In other words, you're you're looking at Christ, you're thinking about Christ, you're focused on Christ. And now something has, 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 has changed your focus. Something has got your attention. You're no longer focused on Jesus. The word bewitched would be, would be it's not hocus pocus, but the word, word bewitched there literally means like, a, like, like, a, like if you're looking this way and there's a light comes on over there and it gets your attention, you look away. Maybe, maybe there's a reflection. Maybe there's something shining over there. And so you look away from what you're supposed to be looking at and you start looking at what, what is that shining over there. Something has distracted you from the main point. And that's where the Galatians were, the Galatian believers. They got, uh, they, they, their focus had been broken off of Jesus and his redemption. He said, Oh foolish Galatians, who would bewitch you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. So Paul says here that he had so preached Jesus in Galatia. He had so preached Jesus in Galatia that it was as if Jesus was crucified there. I mean, look at what he said. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. 
Jesus was not crucified in Galatia. He was not crucified there, but Paul had so preached it. Paul had so preached it that it, that it was like the people had watched the movie. It's like they'd watched the movie of Jesus being crucified. And that was the full, full focus of their thought. That was the full message of Paul. And that was the secret to his power. He so preached Jesus until the people could see it. He so preached Jesus until it's like they're watching a movie and Jesus is being crucified in the very midst. But he said to them, you've not obeyed that truth or you've, you've gotten distracted from that truth. You've got your eyes off of that truth and you're looking at something else now. You're going in a different direction now. I mean, the truth, the truth of the Gospels when Jesus is walking on the water. Jesus is walking on the water. Peter is in the boat. The disciples are in the boat. And Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. You know the story. And Jesus said, come. And Peter did what? Peter got out of the boat and began to walk toward Jesus. Right? And as long as he was focused, as long as he was focused on Christ, the same power working in Jesus is the same power that's working in Peter. And Peter can do everything Jesus was doing, exactly the way Jesus was doing, doing it as long as he was focused. So the, so the issue there is not faith. The issue, issue is focus. Did Peter lose his faith? He didn't lose his faith. He lost his focus. He stopped, he, he stopped looking at Jesus and started looking at the waves. He stopped looking at Jesus and started considering in his mind the effect of the wind and being out in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the night in the middle of a storm and trying to walk on water. He starts thinking about those things. And the moment he does, he's no longer focused on Christ. And when he loses his focus on Christ, the power stops working. And he stops, starts sinking. And so that's the way it is in life. There are storms, there are winds, there are waves, there are situations, and all of that has one, one, one intent, and that is to get your eyes off of the central thing, and that is Jesus. And that is Jesus. Amen? Look away from Jesus. But, if we, but, but it, you, we learn the secret that in the middle of all that, we keep our focus on Christ. We keep our focus on redemption. We keep our focus on what Jesus has done for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. And as we're focused there, the power that's in Jesus is working in us. Amen. So we can do anything. We can do anything. Say amen. And so what we see there is, is that Paul is talking about that central message. And that central message then is brought to us in verse 13. Now look at verse 13 with me, please. Paul says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone that hangs on a tree. How many of you see that? That's the truth. Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. How many know you've been redeemed from the curse of the law? Amen. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Freed from the curse of the law. Say amen. amen. Everybody say, I'm free. I'm free. Say, I've been delivered. Say, Jesus redeemed me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Point your finger at the ground. Just point it at the ground, just like that, and repeat after me. Say, say devil, you're a liar. But tonight, I found out the truth. I've been redeemed from all of your power. Say, I've been delivered. I've been redeemed. And I'm free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Come on, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now lift up one hand toward Jesus. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you have redeemed me. You have set me free. Your blood has delivered me. And I declare tonight, I am redeemed. I am free. I am delivered. See, I've been unchained. I've been uncaged. I've been loosed. I'm free. I'm delivered. Shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. That is a fact. Amen. That is a fact. Now, in the course of your life, you're not always going to feel like that. You're not always going to, it's going to look like, or not look like, circumstances are going to contradict that. But what you're to do is just keep your focus on the reality that you've been redeemed. You've been redeemed. That's got to be your focus and your, and let me say it, and your confession. The Bible says in Psalms 107, 107 I think it's verse 2, said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Sometimes in church somebody will say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, and everybody says amen. That's not what that scripture says. If you've been redeemed, then you say so. That's what you say. I've been redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Put that verse up there. I think it's Psalms 107, verse 2. Yeah, Christ, um, Psalms 107, verse 2. Christ, the Bible says, the Lord... Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. There it is. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In other words, if you're redeemed, then you say so. Then you say that. That's what you say. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom is redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Well, that tells you right there you've got to identify what the enemy is. You've got to identify what the enemy is. Amen. And then once you identify what the enemy is, then you point your finger at it and say, I've been redeemed from you. I've been delivered from you. You've got no place in my life. I'm set free from you. I'm redeemed from you. I'm set free. Hallelujah. Amen. And we maintain a solid front of our faith by the words we speak. Hallelujah. So what, do, what has he redeemed us from? He's redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. He's redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. I've been delivered from the hand of the enemy. I've been delivered. I've been set free from the curse of the law. Amen? Amen. I've been delivered from the curse of the law. So what is the curse of the law? I mean, I'm just breaking this verse down for a few moments. So what is the curse of the law? Well, you've got to identify what that is. And the best place in the Bible to identify what that is is Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 15 he gives you all the blessings of obedience. But beginning about verse 15 through the end of the chapter goes to 60 some verses. He gives us point after point after point of what the curse of the broken law is. Point after point after point about what the curse of the broken law is. And if you were to sum all that up, the curse of the law comes out to be three things. Number one, curse of the law is separation from God. Being separated from God. Amen? Deuter, uh, 
Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 59, said your sins, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. That's the curse. Sin has separated us from God. But Jesus redeemed me from that separation. He redeemed me from that separation. The veil was rent in half. God gave notice, I'm moving out of this, 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 this temple, and I'm moving into the bodies of my people. Hallelujah. Jesus said that when the Holy Ghost comes, he will abide with you and in you for how long? Forever. Forever. Say amen. Forever. So separation from God is part of the curse. Number two is sickness and disease is part of the curse. Jesus redeemed me from sickness and disease. Whatever name it is, whatever name, it, whatever name you put on it, I'm redeemed from it. Amen. COVID-19, COVID-23, whatever, whatever, whatever name you put on it, I'm free of it already. Jesus delivered me from it. He delivered me from it. I'm redeemed from it. That becomes my steady confession. I use, personally, I use every statement that, that I hear, television or people, I use it as an opportunity to declare the fact that I'm redeemed. Every time I hear about somebody that said, well, you know, so-and-so's got, he's got cancer. I say, well, Lord, I immediately say it in my heart, in my mind, with my mouth, I thank you, Lord, that I'm redeemed from cancer. So-and-so's got diabetes. I thank you, Lord, that I'm redeemed from diabetes. So-and-so's got arthritis. I thank you, Lord, that I'm delivered. I'm redeemed from arthritis. Hallelujah. So I'm never, ever, never, ever getting any of that. Hallelujah. So what, what makes you say that? Why would you say that? Because that's what the Bible says. And when I'm focused on Jesus and his redemption, the same power that's in him is the same power that's in me, working in me, giving me the ability to do the impossible. Hallelujah. And live in victory in this life. Say amen. Wow, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Number one, separation from God. Number two, sickness and disease. Number three, poverty. Poverty is a curse. Poverty is a curse. It's always a curse. It's never not a curse. It's always a curse. Amen? Poverty is a curse. Everybody say poverty is a curse. It's a curse. It's a curse. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus redeemed me from poverty. He, but, but, but the next verse takes us into something that is just absolutely fantastic. Amen. The next verse says he redeemed me from the curse of the law. Why did he redeem me from the curse of the law? Why? Think about this now. Why did he do that? According to Galatians 3.14, why did he redeem me from the curse of the law? He, he redeemed me. Why? So that when I die, I don't have to go to hell. Well, that's a true statement. When I die, I don't have to go to hell, praise God. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. But that's not why this scripture says he redeemed me. He redeemed me so that when I die, I get to go to heaven. That's a true statement. I believe that. But that's not what this verse says. He redeemed me from the curse of the law so that in this life, in this life right now, 
that the blessing of Abraham would come on my life. That's why he redeemed me. He redeemed me from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. God has this life in mind. Thank God, our, as we have our faith in Jesus and the blood of Jesus washed us, our, our, our future is secure. Our future is secure, amen? That don't, mean, that don't mean I believe in unconditional eternal security. Don't go there. Amen. But, but as my faith is in Jesus, my faith is in Jesus, my, my eternity is secure. Come on, say amen. Nobody snatches me out of the Father's hand. Now, I, I, I can make bad, stupid decisions and, and decide to go somewhere else, but, but nobody snatches me out. There's not enough demons in hell to pull me out of there. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I've got a secure place. But, so, so that's settled. But, but I'm living this life. Amen. I'm living here on this planet right now. And I'm planning to live a long, long, long life. I'm planning to live a long life. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, why are you planning to live a long life? Because God said, long life will I satisfy you. That's what God said. So I'm not satisfied. I'm not even close to satisfied. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to see my children's children's children. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> so, so what about this life? What about this life? So, so, you know, here's the day I got born again. I was about 10 years old. So God, God, I don't believe this. I get born again 10 years old, and God is not concerned about anything in my life until the day, you know, 100, 100 years old, 120 years old, somewhere about that time, you know, I, I'm going to heaven. God's not concerned. No, no. This verse right here is all about that time period. That's all about this time. From the time I got born again until the day I go to heaven, God is interested in my life. God's interested in how I live my life. He's interested in, in him, him blessing my life. And I told you this morning, there's a grace for me to live this life, and the life he planned for me to live is a glorious, victorious life. I call it the big life. It's the big life. Amen. And that's the life that God, that's the life that glorifies God. That's the life that glorifies God. Amen. And in that life, he gave me something because I didn't have the ability. I did not have the ability. I did not have the ability to live that life all by myself. I did not have the ability to live that life in my own strength. I didn't have the talent. I don't, I'm not talented enough to live that life all to myself. So God, in his grace, God who sits in heaven, says, he's got, he said, I'm going to give you something. And that something I'm going to give you is going to supernaturally empower you in this life to live a life that shines the light of God. That people are going to look at you and ask you this question, how did you do that? How did you accomplish that? <laughs> Amen. And my life has got to, got to cause people to ask that question. What happened? How did you do that? And the answer is going to be real clear and simple. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're going to provoke 
we're going to provoke the Philistines to envy. Amen. And people are going to want to see, they're going to see how good God really is. Amen. If God, you know, can you imagine how sadistic it would be if God, if God, it takes pleasure in your sickness? How sadistic, I mean, is that God? That God takes pleasure in your struggle of poverty and lack and not having enough, not being able to provide for your children enough? This God, no, that's a lie from hell. Amen. All of us have been there. We're not, we're not saying that. We're saying that's not the plan of our father. And so he gave us the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham. Now let me stop right there. There's a difference between the blessing and blessings. There's a difference. The blessing. I, I like to put that in capital Capital letters, T-H-E, capital letters, blessing, B-L-E-S-S-I-N-G, capital letters, the blessing, right? The blessing is power. The blessing is an anointing, is a power, is an unction from God that comes on your life for you to do life. Amen? And so it's like, it's like if you walked outside and there was a flag flying. There's a flag, you know, it's flying. You see the flag flying and you point your finger and, and you say, that's the wind. Well, the real fact is you can't see the wind. Right? You see what? You see the effect of the wind. Right? So blessings, if, if I have money in my pocket, you might call that a blessing. But that's not the blessing. Amen. I'm driving a Silverado out there. You say, that's, oh, that's the blessing. That's not the blessing. That's a blessing. Amen. Which means what? The blessing produced the money that's in my pocket. The blessing produced the vehicle that I'm driving. The blessing produced the house that I'm living in. It's a power from God. Come on. It's a power from God. So when I'm saying blessing, I'm talking about a work of the Holy Ghost. It's an unction. It's an anointing. It's a power from God. Hallelujah. And it's the same blessing that was on the life of Abraham. You can say it like this. It's like Elijah. Elijah has a mantle. Throw me my jacket there, Sherry. Throw me my jacket. You know, Elijah... How many know the prophet Elijah? Amen. The prophet Elijah, the prophet Elijah had a mantle, and that mantle that he carried was what? It was an anointing. It was an anointing. And Elisha was after that anointing. And so he stayed with Elijah. He pursued Elijah. And Elijah even, you know, Elijah was a little bit rude to him. He said, leave me. Go, go, don't, go, don't go with me. And Elijah says, he said, you, you know, I'm going to the bitter end. <laughs> He's after that mantle. And so what happened? Elijah got caught up to heaven. And when he did, he dropped that mantle off. And what was the first thing Elisha did? He ran up there and he picked up the, the, the mantle of, Eli, of Elijah and he walked to the brink of the Jordan River and he, because the last miracle Elijah did was he parted the Jordan River. 
And so Elijah walks to the very spot of the last miracle that Elijah did. If this is the mantle of Elijah, it will do to now what it just did in the life of the man Elijah. Because the man Elijah can't do nothing without that anointing. He can't do nothing without the power. Well, Elisha recognizes, I have it now in my possession, the mantle of Elijah, so let's try it out. As he walks to the brink of the Jordan and he smites the water, he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And what happens? The power of God did exactly through Elisha what it had done through Elijah. He has the same mantle as Elijah. Amen? Can you imagine? I've got the mantle of Elijah, but I can't part the Jordan. I've got the mantle of Elijah, but I can't do any miracles. I've got a prophetic mantle, but I can't prophesy. <laughs> Hello? I mean, that would be a farce. Right? So what did God do through redemption? Through redemption, he takes the blessing. He goes back. I don't know, 4,000 years. God goes back 4,000 years. The blessing of Abraham is an anointing that's on Abraham. The blessing on Abraham is an anointing that is, it, you might as well say it's a mantle. God goes back 4,000 years and he takes that mantle and he brings it into the now and he drops that on your life. Hallelujah. He drops that on your life. So what effect is that going to have? It's going to have the same effect as it did in Abraham's life. It has to. How can I have the mantle of Elijah and not prophesy like Elijah? How can I have the mantle of Elijah and not do miracles like Elijah? Right? Well, how can you have the blessing of Abraham and not, and not produce in your life exactly what was produced in Abraham's life? Well, that's exactly what it does. So, you, you know, I know you're not, but if you could say, oh, you're just all about the money. No, I'm not about the money. I'm about that. I'm about that. <laughs> oh, now, you want to say, you say, that's what I'm about, an anointing. Amen. See, see, when it comes to the anointing, when it comes to the anointing, we think the only time you need the anointing is on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I just need the anointing for the, the, the praise team needs the anointing to sing, and pastor needs the anointing to preach, and, and then that's, that's Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Other than that, we don't need the anointing. But God says there's an anointing that will come on you in your business. You'll be anointed to think bigger. You'll be anointed to see further. You'll be anointed to do it in a better way. You'll be anointed with favor so that people are going to walk past three businesses to come to your business. They're going to say no to five salesmen until you show up and they're going to buy from you. Why is that? Because there's something on your life that came straight out of heaven. Hallelujah. Now you can go there or you can go the other way. Well, you know, I'm poor. God wants me poor. He always wants me poor. I'm glorif God's glorified in my poverty. <laughs> and, and that just ain't true. 
Hey, <laughs> say amen. Amen. So it's the blessing of Abraham. It's the blessing, the blessing, the blessing, the blessing, the blessing. And the blessing produces blessings. And it's evidenced in the life of Abraham. Now, once I learned that, and I learned that from the book of Galatians, then I began an intense, detailed study of the life of Abraham. And see, what did that blessing do in his life? Wow. I mean, I mean if, 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 if that's not true, let's throw this book away. Why is that written in the Bible anyway? God just trying to dangle something in front of me that he don't ever intend for me to have. Amen. It changes everything. It changes everything. You say, well, pastor, you say, I'm not, I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough. I don't, I don't have enough experience. But when this comes on you, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything. Everything. Amen. I mean, the, the, general, the general concept in our society is get a free education in a government school and my highest ambition is to make minimum wage. Now that's what they protest. Oh, government raise minimum wage, raise minimum wage. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got a free education and your vision is make minimum wage. Now I'm talking to church people here today. You open your eyes, see deeper, see further. Come on now, get a bigger vision of your life. Hallelujah. Get a bigger vision of your life. There's a vision. There's a destiny inside of you. And there's money attached to that. Big money. Big money. See, our problem is this. Our problem is, our problem is, is that you cannot believe for something God didn't say. You can't do that. Faith works by how? By hearing what? The word of God. Right? The word, of God, the word of God says, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. This is one of those verses God kicked my, my, my butt about. Because this is one of those I was ashamed of, and I knew what he was talking about when he said that. But put it up there, Deuteronomy 8, 18. I know time changed. Anybody, anybody sleepy? Anybody had a nap today? Amen. And you should remember the Lord your God for it is he gives you power to get some bill money. He gives you power just to pay your bills. Gives you power to make your rent. You see, see, there's the problem. See, people are believing for, 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 for their rent. People are believing for their house payment. People are believing for their, for their car payment. They're, they're believing for the next week. They're believing for the next month. But see, when you be, if, you're, if that's all you're believing for, you're out of line. <laughs> You're out of line. Because why? Because God said he'd give you power to get wealth. Wealth. He said that. I didn't say that. He said wealth. Because God wants me to pay all my bills and then help, the, help my neighbor with his. Amen. And pastor has a, has a vision with the church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a financier of that. I'm, I'm in with that. Amen. 
I'm all about everything Jesus is about. And that's where my, that's where my money goes. Hallelujah. But what I'm believing for, what I'm believing for, now in my present condition, I might be in a place I'm struggling with my, with my light bill and my, my car payment and my house payment. I may be there, and I've been there, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, I may be there, but I've got to lift my eyes higher than that. And my prayer has got to be not just to get these bills paid, but my prayer has got to be according to the Bible. That God gave me the blessing of Abraham... And because I have the blessing of Abraham, I am believing for wealth. I am believing for wealth. Come on, say amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. He gives you power to get wealth. That's incredible. Amen. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Somebody said, Pastor Brian, where'd you get this guy? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. Gives you power to get wealth. Well, and there, then he goes on, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore. You, you heard about that this morning. God took an oath. God took an oath in the blood of his own son to bless us. And, he's, and, and, he, and, he, and the whole wealth, the power to get wealth, is based upon that oath that God took. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers. Who were our fathers? He taught Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those are the fathers. Amen. I told our church, I told somebody the other day, I said, at church, I'm going to preach a message. You know, this is when the lottery was up at a billion and 1.5 billion. I said, I'm going to preach a message how to win the lottery. <laughs> and then I was going to ask in the congregation, how many of y'all bought a ticket already? Look, raise your hand. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, not I'm, I'm in any way, I'm not in any way suggesting you should play the lottery. Amen. That's 99.999% that's of the time. That's not how it comes anyway. It's going to come through your brain. It's going to come through your hands. It's going to come through ideas. It's going to come through anointing as you begin to work that out with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the Holy Ghost, I will tell you right now, He will bring you to a point in which you're going to have to take a huge step that looks impossible. But you're going to believe in yourself so much that you're going to take that step without hesitation. And the moment you take that step, God's going to take you to another level. He's going to take you to a whole different level. Hallelujah. Amen. It's the blessing of Abraham. You, are, how many of y'all are saved? Raise your hand. You are an heir of the blessing of Abraham. Galatians chapter 3. You are an heir of the blessing of Abraham. Do you know where that puts you? Do you know where that puts you? It puts you in exactly the same position as Isaac. Read the Bible. Galatians chapter 3 verse 29. Galatians 3 29. Put that up there. Galatians 3 chapter 3 verse 29. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, if you are Christ, if you're born again, if you're saved, 
If you wash in the blood, <laughs> if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. That's a singular word. It's just as if you're the only son of Abraham. It's as if you're the only son of Abraham. So if I'm the only son of a multi-billionaire, then I'm an heir to everything he has. The Bible said, if you are Christ, if you belong to Jesus, then you are the heir of the promise. You are the heir of the blessing. Hallelujah. When I saw that, then I began to study the life of Isaac. And God told Isaac in Genesis chapter 26, he said, I'm going to bless you, not because of anything you've ever done. I'm going to bless you because your father Abraham obeyed my voice. And there was something that came on Isaac. Hallelujah. And even though there was a famine, there was an economic downturn. The whole economy collapsed. Even though there was a famine, the Bible said that Isaac sowed in that land. Time out. Stop right there. He was not giving an offering. He was not giving an offering. He was a farmer. That was his job. That was, his, that was, that was what he did for a living. He, sowed, he planted seeds. He was a gardener. He was, he was a farmer. He was a rancher. Amen. And so in a time of famine, in a time of famine, he kept doing what his job was. He kept planting seeds in the ground. And it's, it, it was impossible for that seed to do anything but die. Everybody else in that whole region was going broke. They were going bankrupt. Their businesses were closing. But during the time of famine, because there was something on Isaac... Something on Isaac, he was planting seed, his business was booming. <laughs> his business was booming, hallelujah, glory to God. And his seed was coming up and it was growing and produced for him a hundredfold return. Which for most people in the world would have been a great thing even a time of rain. Isaac is flourishing in a time of famine. And people say, Isaac, how are you doing this? What is, how, why? Everybody else is going broke. Everybody else is going bankrupt. How is this happening? It's because there was something on his life. And it came from his dad. His dad had been obedient. And God had made an oath in blood to his dad. And now what was on his dad comes on Isaac. Not a lot is said about Isaac in the Bible. But there's one thing that is said is, is that he inherited the blessing of his dad. Hallelujah. And then the next generation that passed, there's this fight between Esau and Jacob. Jacob, he's carnal, but he knows if I can get that, if I can get the blessing, I'm set for life. I'm set for life. Esau, he's, he, he, he's sinful. He, he's, he's all about other stuff. He's not worried about that blessing. He's not worried about his, his inheritance. And he sells his birthright for a bowl of soup. A bowl of beans, lentils. Can you imagine? He sold that for a bowl of soup. Yeah. And then when, it, when he realized what he had done, the Bible said there was no place of repentance. Hebrews says even though he saw it with tears, he realized what a dumb thing he had done. He gave it all to his brother Jacob. And that which was on Abraham passed to Isaac. Now it passes to Jacob. And La he's got a Laban in his life. Laban, Laban, the Bible said Laban changed his wages ten times. 
Laban is, is intent on enslaving Jacob. In his mind, Jacob is going to serve him for the rest of his life. He's going to die serving Laban. But Jacob has something on his life. Hallelujah. And Laban, even though he was powerful and he was smart and he was conniving and he was trickery, he, he used everything. Listen, he could not stop what was on Jacob's life. Hallelujah. And Jacob kept getting richer. He kept flourishing. He kept prospering. How many of you know the story? See, I've come to the conclusion. I've read the book of Genesis many times. Even coming up through Sunday school, heard about Genesis. I missed the point. The whole point of that is giving us the history of the blessing. It's the history of the blessing. It goes from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, and then it passes to all of Israel. It passes to all of Israel. Hallelujah. Go to Exodus chapter, chapter 3, verse 8. Exodus chapter 3, verse 8. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 3, verse 8. Now, see, the blessing comes on Abraham, passes to Isaac, passes to Jacob, now passes to all of Israel. And this is what God says. Exodus chapter 3, verse 8. He's, God says, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and a large land. Listen to how God talks. This is your father. This is his attitude. He said, I want to bring them out of slavery into a good and a large land. Good means prosperous. Into a prosperous and a large land. To a land that is flowing. And can I tell you that word can easily be translated as overflow. Into a land that is overflowing with what? With milk. And honey, now stop right there. This, this is God giving them a visible description. He's trying to plant a vision in their mind. They've been slaves for 400 years and they've lived in absolute poverty for 400 years. Now God is trying to give them a vision. He's giving them a vision of their future. And it doesn't look nothing like where they've come from. He said, I'm taking you from Pharaoh and slavery and I'm taking you to a land that is good. <laughs> and then it's big. He said, and it flows. It overflows with milk. Now, I have to explain to Americans where milk comes from. Milk does not come from food line. Amen. Where does milk come from? Pastor, where's milk come from? It comes from cows. So if they've got a land flowing with milk, it means they've got a lot of what? Cows. Well, a cow just don't have milk. It has to be, it has to have a calf for this cow to produce milk. So you've got cows that are fertile, cows that are producing calves, and so there's milk that's overflowing. That's the picture God's painting. You, you, here you're in a good land, a large land, and it's full of cows. And all these cows are fertile, and these cows are producing calves. Hallelujah. So the land is flowing, overflowing with milk. And it's overflowing with honey. Well, that's another picture. Amen. Where does honey come from? It comes from the bees. And how do they make honey? The, the flowers, blossoms. So you've got fruit trees you got a picture now, fruit trees that are filled with blossoms. 
It's the spring of the year, and all the fruit trees are covered in blooms. Amen. All the fields are covered in blooms and the bees are working. In order to have a land flowing with honey, you've got to have a lot of bees. You've got to have a lot of blossoms. Amen. Because all those blossoms is producing what? It's producing fruit. It's producing vegetables. Are you with me now? God is showing them a picture. I'm going to bring you to a good land that's large, flowing, overflowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah. This is God talking. What produced that? It's the blessing passed from Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob. Now it passes to all of Israel and the blessing is taking them out of, out of slavery. Slavery, if it meant nothing else, it meant being financially impoverished. They were absolutely financially impoverished for 400 years. Their next meal came from Pharaoh. Their clothes came from Pharaoh. They, he kept chains on their hands. He worked them from daylight to dark and paid them zero. He didn't even give them minimum wage. He paid them zero. They're slaves to a system. They're slaves to Pharaoh. Hello, come on now. But God said, I'm going to deliver you from that system. I'm going to deliver you from that Egyptian system. And Pharaoh will no longer be your provider. Pharaoh will not be your provider because Pharaoh is going to provide you with just enough to keep you in slavery. Just enough to keep you in slavery. But God said, I'm your God. God said, my name. Look at what God said. God said, my name is El Shaddai. Hallelujah. Put up, put up Exodus chapter 6. Exodus chapter 6 verse, verse 3. I think it is. Exodus chapter 6, verse 3. He said, God said, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob as God Almighty. That word God Almighty in Hebrew is El Shaddai. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob as El Shaddai. El Shaddai is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. El Shaddai means the God of more than enough. He is the God of plenty. He is the creator. Hallelujah. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. In other words, God just simply revealed to them his name. He said, I'm El Shaddai. I am El Shaddai. Hallelujah. You got to get to know your God. Amen. Your, your God, Father, God our Father is El Shaddai. <laughs> Man, I can just run laps right now. My Father is El Shaddai. My Daddy is El Shaddai. Hey. Hallelujah. My daddy is El Shaddai. He is the God of plenty. He is the God of abundance. He is the God of more than enough. He is the God of overflow. Hallelujah. He is the God of milk and honey. Hallelujah. 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 Now you and I were born Gentiles. We had no place in, the, in, the, in this inheritance. But God loved us so much. God loved us so much that he didn't leave us as pagans. He didn't leave us as idol worshipers. He didn't leave us in that. But he sent his son Jesus from heaven. Hallelujah. Who came and went to a, a cruel cross. And on that cross he shed his blood and redeemed us from the curse of the law. And redeemed us from the curse of sin. He redeemed us from the curse. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham would come on the Gentiles. Hallelujah. The blessing of Abraham come on the Gentiles. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> That's too good. That's good news. That's too good to be true news. But yet it's true. Amen. If, if the gospel doesn't sound too good to be true, I'm not preaching it big enough. It's too good. It's too good. It's too good. Hallelujah. When, when some of this truth became real to me, I knew exactly where I was. It was like lightning struck me on the top of the head. And I wept. And I said, I've wasted my life believing religious lies. I've wasted my life believing religious lies. Hallelujah. And I determined not to live under that anymore. I determined I'm going to make this, this, this is what I believe. This is what I believe. Amen. There, you know, it's weird. There, there are people that will hate me for preaching this right here. They'll hate me. I'll, I'll get, you know, sometimes I do. I get hate. <laughs> I get hate. <laughs> I, got, I, got a, I got a friend in North Carolina. A friend. Amen. He loves to watch me on TV and then write how bad of a heretic I am on Facebook. Amen. He, 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 he hasn't slowed me down at all. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I mean, it's like a little chihuahua chasing a locomotive, you know. He can yip and bark all he wants to. We'll run over him if he gets in my way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, if you discover this, why, why are you going to stop? Amen. I was sitting, I was sitting, there's like lightning struck me on top of the head. And I wept. I've wasted most of my life. God dealt, I told you this morning, God dealt with me, dealt with me, dealt with me, dealt with me, dealt with me. And I just wouldn't, I just would not, would not. I knew some of this. I knew some of it. I didn't know it, no, didn't, didn't know most of it, but I, I knew some of it. Yeah, I mean, I was internalizing it, but I would never teach it. I would never talk about it. God told me if I would start teaching it, if I would start preaching it, if I would start tell, teaching his people, he told me three things would happen in my life. He said, I would be blessed, and the people, that's who he's interested in, the people. God's not interested in the pastor. God's not interested in the pastor driving a Cadillac or you driving a Volkswagen. That's not how this works. Amen. What I'm giving, I promise you right now, what I'm giving you right now, this morning and today, is coming out of my life. It's coming out of things that I learned the hard way. <laughs> Amen. But I promise you, it's, 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 worth, it's, worth, it's worth, I'm not asking you for, I'm not, I, I don't want to say that because you, it's going to sound like I'm asking you for money. I'm not. But it's, 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 worth, it's, it's worth millions of dollars. I promise you it is. It's worth but I'm not asking you to give me anything. I'm saying you give, you give God praise because he gave it to me and I'm giving it to you for free. <laughs> hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am an heir of the blessing of Abraham. Abraham is the, Romans chapter 4, Abraham is the father of the faith. He's our spiritual father. Abraham is our spiritual father. He's the father of the faith. I am a seed. I'm a, I am a seed of Abraham. Singular. I'm an heir of his anointing. 
I'm an heir of his anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands right now, everybody all over this house. Father, we lift up our hands to you. Thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mighty grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Now, I want to say something to the young people here. Now, I'm not leaving out the people with gray hair. I've got gray hair, so I'm including me, or those that have no hair. We include them, too. But the young, the, the young people, I want to talk to you specifically. At this moment in your life, if you will digest what I've preached to you, this, these two services, I promise you that, you know, I, you know our, goal, our goal is not to be millionaire. Our goal is to glorify God. But, but if you're not called to preach and you're, I mean, be, here's me, okay? This is Jonathan saying this. If you're not called to preach and you're called to own your own business and be a multimillionaire. You, you can sell yourself short if you want to, but I'm telling you that. If you're not, if, if you're not called to preach, then you're called to own your own business and be a multimillionaire. Any, when I read that, that's the only thing I can see for you. Oh, it, it got a little tense in here. I mean, <laughs> you know, the church is praying, the church, excuse me, the church is praying for millionaires to come to the church and finance the church. That's not what God wants. God wants us to so preach this that people become millionaires through their connection with God and the church. And, and, and our tithers and givers and very generous people. Amen. Amen. So you've got to, you, what you've got to do is you've got, to, you've got to digest some of this. Especially, excuse me, especially if you were, you were educated in a government school. They didn't teach you this. If you digest this, something will happen inside of you. Because I promise you, that, I promise you there's a dream inside of you. There's a dream inside of you. And it's too big. It's too big for you. To, you, you, you probably, you've probably thrown it away several times and it keeps coming back. There's a dream inside of you. It just seems too big, too big to, for you. Too big for you. It's not too big for you. It came from God. If you get God's vision for your life, the God who created the stars, you get his vision for your life, it's going to be big. And you'll need, and you'll need him to fulfill it. Hallelujah. And when you fulfill it, it'll bless, it'll bless multitudes. It'll bless multitudes. Hallelujah. Amen. And pastor, get up here in the pulpit and say, we're going to build a new building and you'll, and you'll write a check. <laughs> you'll write a check. <laughs> Hallelujah. You'll be the first one in line. Pastor, I'm going to sell, I'll go ahead and sell a million dollars. You know. Hallelujah. Or, or I'm going to sell a hundred dollars or 10,000, whatever it is. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I don't know. I got some kickback. I'm gonna say, so I'm going to say it again. You know, if you're called to preach, if you're called to preach, then you should preach. You should dedicate yourself to the word and to prayer. Amen. Live by faith and God will bless us preachers big too. Amen. 
But if you're not called to preach, then you should, you should immediately think and be fellowshipping with God about a plan, about a plan. I mean, if you're working for somebody, you're making that guy rich. You should get out of that. Not, not today. Today might not be the day. But, but as you learn and you educate yourself and all your employment experience is teaching you how to start your own business. And at some point, you'll start your own business and God's hand will come on that business. Because the idea will be born by the Holy Ghost inside of you. God's hand will come on that business and it will explode. It will explode. You're not going to go look for a job. You're going to follow the Holy Ghost. And you're going to create something that's not, that doesn't exist right now. That's going to fulfill a need and be a blessing to people. Amen. And it's going to, it's going to, yeah, hallelujah. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Hallelujah. You don't, don't ever complain about the economy. Don't ever complain about, you know, this, that, or the other. I mean, it's, it's all inside of you by God's grace. You got something inside of you. You got something on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up both hands to heaven. Jesus, we lift up our hands to you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. God, I praise you so much right now, Lord. You bring us into a good land that's large, that overflows with milk and honey. That's what the vision is. That's what the vision is. Father, I thank you for that right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Let's all stand up, please, everybody. Hallelujah. Let's lift up both hands. We're just going to worship for a few moments. I tell you, the